G'day sports fans, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Sports by Fry podcast, a tropical edition of the SBF pod coming at ya on Thursday Arvo from the Freestyle Resort in Port Douglas. The SBF pod is making waves out here in Port Douglas. I tell you what, all the backpackers are flocking to Spotify to try and subscribe and listen to episodes as I'm sure AFL fantasy coaches are. We haven't yet got the teams announced for round five, a gather round in South Australia, which should be interesting. I like the concept for the AFL. There's been some naysayers earlier on in the piece, but kicking off tonight with the Crows and Carlton, it should be a pretty epic weekend of footy. So I'm not going to keep you for too long, sportsby fans. I am just going to quickly whiz through and do my Cash Cows podcast. It is a day late, but it's still coming before round five lockout really hit. So with that said, let's dive into today's episode. Let's start down back because there is carnage in defense for the fantasy community. Sam Doherty has been ruled out four to six weeks. Will Day has just had his suspension upheld literally as I was about to start recording. I was hoping that that would drop later in the piece, but uh, yeah, obviously the tribunal hearing was short and sweet and he's out for two. So those two are going to create some massive holes in defense for a lot of coaches and people are panicking that Ruben Jinby may be rested after what Adam Simpson said last week as well. I think He's going to be fine. If he is rested or is demoted to the sub, you can still hold him. I think that he's the last one you would trade out of those three. Obviously, Day and Doc are much better scorers, but Jinby still has plenty of money to make. If he is the sub, that could be, that'll probably be worst case scenario. I'd rather him rest a game and not play at all to make sure that he keeps going upwards in value. And that means that a lot of people will be trusting Lockie Cowan and Darcy Wilmot probably on the field this week, which is... I'll be honest, a viable option. I'm still in the infancy stages of finalizing my trades for the week. I think I'm going to give Rory Laird another chance. Can't believe I'm saying that, but I'm going to probably hold Will Day, which means that if Lockie Cowan goes well tonight, I'll try and bank his score and keep Will Day on my field. Otherwise, I'll try and get a little bit fancy and a couple of the uh, debutants or cash cow debutants that I'm going to talk about might be viable trade targets. If on your bench, instead of Cowan or Wilmont, you've got a Judd McVee, a Miller Bergman, a Max Michelini. Hopefully Bergman comes back after being a laid out previously. I think that it's fine to just play them for a couple of weeks. I know it's less than ideal and you've probably got other issues that you want to address around the ground. So I wouldn't be trading out Jinby. Will Day, I'm a little bit more decisive on. He's not really cash cow relevant, so I won't talk about it for too much longer. Uh, Alex Chincotta doesn't look like he's going to get a gig tonight. He could be a laid in. He might end up being their sub. I know that when their teams dropped... Uh, we were surprised to see that no real like-for-like like comparison came in for uh, Sam Doherty. And looking at their emergencies, actually, now that I am looking at their emergencies, there's probably not a chance that Alex Chincotta's in because we got Lockie Plowman, Josh Honey, Lockie O'Brien, and Jack Carroll as the potential subs. So O'Brien or Carroll will probably have that role. And Josh Fay, I finally learned how to pronounce his name. I don't think that he's going to get up, which is concerning. You can still trade Will Day, and you might be able to go down to a player that I'm about to mention, or you can trade one of those non-playing blokes to uh, another defensive option. But there's like, I think it's okay. I think, you know, they may churn out 40s or 50s, but if you have to field Cowan, Wilmot, McVie for a couple of weeks because you want to hold Will Day, or maybe for some weird reason you want to hold Sam Doherty as well. You've got other issues that you want to address. You want to try and chop out a Rory Laird type who's underperforming and continuing to lose value. I can see it. I can see why coaches are trying to go a bit against the grain. But as I said at the leadoff, Ruben Jinby does not need to go anywhere. All right, I'm waffling. Let's go quicker. Uh, business as usual in the midfield. Will Ashcroft is starting to slowly separate himself from the likes of McKenzie and Hollands. All three 
will be fielded by their owners, no doubt about it. And hopefully Hollands can have a biggie tonight and start round five the right way. I'm confident that those three can survive for another three weeks at least, call it. But Hollands and McKenzie are definitely inching towards their top value. So it would be kind of tactical and smart if another rookie popped up that you could trade one of them down to aforementioned rookie and then you're able to upgrade McKenzie or Hollands with the rest of the cash. Their days are numbered. They are rookies, remember. So they both had one bright game out of four through the month of the fantasy season that we've had. I think Will Phillips is another one in that similar price bracket. He's done really well in the last two weeks, back-to-back 65-plus. I'm slightly concerned about what his scoring potential will be this weekend. I know that he's had solid games, but going up against Brisbane, I'm a little bit more cautious. But I still think that you can field those four and not have too many other issues. There aren't a lot of other standalone mid types that are dictating a lot of attention in the fantasy community from a cash cows standpoint. Again, we haven't really got those rookies filtering through early that we're all kind of desperately need and desperately would love to see. But there's a lot of them that have some DPP. I want to quickly just mention Jack Bytel, the poor bugger, only lasted 7% of the game before getting injured, so he's a must-trade. Harry Roust and Elijah Hewitt, some people may have rolled the dice with them. And if you've got them on the bench, I think you just kind of need to ride it out and see how they go. Their break-evens are both in the 30s, and it's not ideal seeing them score kind of shitty, but I think matters could be worse. So you can keep them and hopefully address on-field problems. To the rucks, Ned Moyle is definitely a play this week. Jared Witz is out again. And if you were a coach that held him hoping he would be a one-week out, my advice would be to get Ned Moyle into your R3. And then that way, if Witz continues to be out, you can keep playing Moyle. It seems like it's only going to be another week of Witsy on the sidelines, but who knows? Stranger things have happened. We may see Ned Moyle get an extended run. I don't know if you can trust him on your field regularly. He had a pretty good 70-plus last time out against St. Kilda, but... Again, Rowan Marshall was subbed out. A bit of a perfect storm for Moyle to score really well. I don't know if I have faith in starting him. And the same could be said for Sampson Ryan. He's going to have a lot more opportunity with Toby Nankervis ruled out now. But I don't think you can go fielding him or Ned Moyle. However, that doesn't mean that they're not viable trade targets to put into your R3. If you've managed to dodge a lot of the bullets that are causing fantasy coaches some concern early on, it might be a smart idea to try and address a non-playing rookie. Say you've got a Max Heath type there or some other random dude in your ruck spot. You could get Moyle or you could get Samson Ryan and they're a little bit inflated, inflated over basement price, but they still have shit tons of money to make. So I'd probably rank Ryan slightly ahead of Moyle purely because his job security will be quite high, you'd think, with Toby Dunkervis out. But again, don't go trusting either of them at your starting R1 or R2 spots. In the forward line, the Shees and Kay Chandler are fine. Hopefully, if you're listening to this, you've only got those two in your forward group. That'd be nice to have them as your two forward rookies, along with some other dogs. But I think that Philippou is starting to show the scoring potential that I've been hoping he would show for Yonks. He had a 66 last week. I don't know if he's regularly going to churn 60 plus or if he's going to hover between a 60, then a 40 and somewhere in the middle. But his break evens obviously dipped quite a bit with that solid score. You could play him and he and Bailey Humphrey are two very similar types of players. Humphrey is someone that I fielded over Philippou last week just to ensure that I continue to fuck things up. But he's got a match up against the Dockers, Bailey Humphrey does this week, whereas Philippou's taking on Collingwood in the last game of the round. So I think if you could, you could try and loophole, see what Chandler does, uh, see what Humphreys does rather, and then you can maybe play Philippou if it hits the fan, but if you can't have that option, I'd probably play Bailey Humphrey just ahead of him. Luke Peddler is another one who's playing tonight. If you can try and loop that, then that has loop his score, then that's probably a 
tactic that I would suggest, and you could go down that route. Uh, Alvin, Dave, Alvin Davy Jr. is someone who's getting a lot of trade-out attention at the moment. I know his scoring has stagnated slightly, being a small forward. They aren't known for producing high point totals. And at the moment, he's one of the most chopped-out players when you're looking at the basement types or the rookie types. At this stage, there's just updating it. Two grand of coaches that are giving him the axe. And if you need a little bit of cash to potentially upgrade a Will Day or you want to turn Sam Doherty into... I don't know, a Tim English and get fancy, or you want Clayton Oliver and you've got some DPP action you can do. I don't hate the idea. I think Alwyn Davey is a small forward, slow burn cash cow who scored pretty solidly to lead the charge, but he's got Melbourne this week and then he's fixed. He goes Collingwood, Geelong, Port Adelaide and Brisbane for what it's worth. So pretty yucky. I don't hate the idea of giving him the chop. Fergus Green, Noah Long, those types I have a little bit more faith in. Long might be another one who is given a rest or demoted to the sub like Adam Simpson suggested. But if they're playing, you don't really have any concerns or issues moving forward. They should both continue to rise in value and you can give them an ax in about a fortnight's time. A couple of blokes who are on the outs and maybe squeezing their way in. Dill Williams, I didn't mention him much last week, but he came in for his first game of the year for Port Adelaide. Switched from forward to defense, which was cool to see. And obviously, if you manage to get him and keep him, maybe by the time he hit round 12, he can have DPP. But I don't think he's going to be too prominent a scorer. He's got a match up against the Bulldogs this week, break even of only eight. So I have faith that he at least hit that. And against the Swans last week, he had a lot of kicks. He had 16 disposals, 13 of them were kicks, but still only managed 49 points. So I wouldn't suggest that coaches go and chase him if you want a reliable forward. Another mid forward who's making his debut is Corey Warner, the Swans bloke, younger brother of Chad. He hasn't done heaps in his two VFL games. He actually only has 15 touches and an average of 67.5. Again, not ideal. I know that these VFL state league numbers, whatever you want to call them, you could almost say that you half them after uh, they enter the AFL system. So if you're looking at that, then he's probably due to score a 40-odd. He may be given a bit more of an opportunity, and we'll have to see what structure Sydney's team takes rolling into uh, round five. And if they do give Warner a bit more an opportunity, he could potentially show his face as a downgrade target. Who knows? He did average 55 from 20 VFL games last year as well, for what it's worth. We do have some good news on the debutante front, though. And the bloke that I continue to allude to is Corey Wagner, the mature ager who was drafted by Fremantle. He'll take Nathan Wilson's spot in the side. you got Heath Chapman, who's injured at the moment, and Frio are pretty much all at sea. So I don't hate the idea of pouncing on Wagner, and he could be someone that you play on field for a couple of weeks while Will Day sits on your pine. We'll have to wait and see, though. I don't know what his scoring prowess is going to be like. He did have a 71 in his first waffle hit out last week, and he scored all right last year. I think it was with Port Melbourne he was playing from memory, and he averaged 85 from his 15 VFL games. So I do like the idea of trading in Wagner. When I do drop my uh, rookie trade targets, spoiler alert, Corey Wagner will be the number one option. 285 is a little bit more to pay up than coaches would like, but I think that he's going to probably lock himself into that Dockers side for the next fortnight, maybe a little longer. And if he does, he should be able to produce decent scores in the process. And that is that, the Sports Big Cash Cows update prior to round five. By the time you're listening to this, I'm sure the teams will be out. Hopefully, we manage to avoid any more carnage or potential popular mainstream players missing from this week's actions. Good luck with your trades and good luck heading into round five. Like I said, my trades are a little bit up in the air. I think I've tossed and turned over who to trade Sam Doherty to, but I think I'm just going Nick Dacos. It's dumb that I didn't start with him. I got Tommy Stewart last week. Otherwise, I'd be slightly inclined to get on 
that train. Mitch Duncan is another viable option. They're probably my three favorite trade targets. And if you're looking at trading out Will Day as well, you can go to one of those blokes. But I think I'm going to go Doherty to Dacos. Trust Rory Laird. Put the V on him tonight. Because I did start with a bloke for a reason. And he probably will end as a top 10 to 15 midfielder. I know he's been scoring shit. But I'm still clinging to some hope. Maybe it's false optimism. We'll have to wait and see. Gives me a couple of options. I might chop out someone like an Andy McGrath, put Connor Rosie into my midfield, and then bring in as Jack Zebel type. But what will likely happen is if Lockie Cowan struggles and is shit tonight, then I'll chop out Cham- Campbell Chesser, and then I'll turn him into Corey Wagner so I can play him over Will Day. So that's where my head's at. Again, good luck with your trades. Good luck for round five. I'll be back after the weekend to wrap up everything that's happened in the AFL circles. So until then, peace.